0: Hell, I come at you in peace once again with a completely new setup. <laughs> okay, so maybe this will sound better. I, you know, I am on the never-ending quest to make these car pods sound the best that I can. So what I've got rolling right now is my iPhone without a case. I have to take my case off it because I have to put my Shure microphone on it. And then I bought a sweet $20 app, thanks to you guys who contribute financially, that lets me really play around with 20 different high-end studio microphones. So the one that I have on right now is actually the same one, the $400 microphone that I have in my studio uh, back at home. So I'm putting that... filter on the $120 Shure microphone that is plugged into my iPhone. Uh, so hopefully continually we get better and better sound by the end of this. I will somehow have a complete microphone system plugged into my car. (laughs) Uh, anyway, it's been really fun doing these car pods. It's a really nice way to get some small ideas that are just rattling around my brain. Uh, into yours without 25 to 30 hours of work, which is what a normal episode at Drilling Down does for me. So, this one was part of my reading this morning as I was uh, I woke up at let's see, I slept in uh, this Friday till 5:30. Uh, I know I'm wild and crazy guy, uh, and while I was reading uh, through the Bible again. Uh, entered, I went through the Synoptic Gospels and entered into my favorite of the Gospels, the book of John. I don't know, side note, I guess since I don't have any notes or rules, I can just say whatever I want to on these. Uh, those of you that don't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not all the same. And that becomes... Gosh, I wish that ladder would shut up. That becomes blazingly clear the more you read through them. So just so you know, Matthew is clear, I mean, Matthew is written to the Jews. And so he has a very, there's gonna be a lot, of, a lot of bent in his writings uh, for the Jewish listener of that time to convince them that Jesus was in fact the fulfillment of their Messiah. And he, he writes in a very specific way as that tax collector to speak to the Jews. Mark comes along and writes his gospel to a primarily Gentile audience. So when Mark covers, you know, many of the same stories, you you might read through those and go, geez, they're all the same. They're not at all. Mark is very much showing how the new Gentiles are grafted in, how they have salvation now, how they can start learning some of the Jewish roots how they can have a part in what Jesus is saying. So very, very cool to see how Matthew's written to the Jews and you notice it when you read through them a lot. Uh, Mark is written to the Gentiles. Luke has a really different deal because he is uh, primarily writing as, he's a doctor, but he's also a very skilled um, navigator. On the Oceans of Ships. He's a very detailed writer. So by the time it gets to Luke, there's he does covers the same kind of stories, but where Matthew clearly wrote to the Jews and Mark clearly wrote to the Gentiles, you see it there, Luke clearly has more definition. He kind of takes those stories and adds the who, why, the what, and the when. What direction they were going, where they were exactly. You know, he wrote the book of Acts, and so uh, that being said... You, not a lot of people know that they think Paul wrote it but he, Luke wrote the book of Acts and so he's got a lot of the knowledge in there of the the actual where a shipwreck happened where someone was heading what direction they were going just more detail just a more may I say educated learned man so you see a lot of that detail even in the even in the birth story of Christ I don't know why I'm telling you guys all this but and then John, John is written some 60 years after the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So those that think they're all the same, they are not at all. John doesn't even include most of the stories that Matthew, Mark, and Luke have because he's 60 years down the road and, you know, he decides not to write to these things because they already covered them. And so you get a whole new perspective in the book of John. Not only that, but he just covers different, different aspects and stories that you don't even see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Of course, he got the revelation uh, given to him for the book of Revelation. And he just has a completely different take on all of it. And out of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John was obviously the closest out of those three to Jesus. Along with Peter and James. So, his epistle is written very, um, I I I would say, lovingly and close to Jesus from a different perspective than anyone else could have had. I don't know why I told you that. So that being said, why are there different accounts? I don't know if you've ever wondered about this. There are different accounts in the Gospels, uh, primarily Matthew and Mark. One has Jesus feeding the 5,000, and then another account has him feeding the 4,000. Some of you didn't even know that, but if you did know that, maybe you've wrestled with, is there a, why is there a discrepancy there? Is one right and one wrong? You know, what is it 5,000 or is it 4,000? What is it? So I was just you know passing through. I, I read, what did I read this morning? Mar. I read uh, Luke and John. I read through Luke and John this morning in my reading. And it just came up and I said, you know, I should probably share this. This is a really cool... A really cool knowledge nugget that is right there in Scripture that a lot of people just kind of look past or don't even realize is there. Now, this is just one, so there are thousands. Uh, And I'll start picking away at them in these car pods because I can. So, why do Matthew and Mark include two different miracles very close to each other? What's the deal there? So, if Jesus already fed the 5,000 people... Why is there an added gospel story of him feeding 4,000 people? What's the deal? It seems odd. Why are they wasting all this time and energy on the same story with a little bit of a discrepancy? Well, I've told you this before a lot. Location is very, very important when it comes to the author's writing in the Bible, especially in the gospels. This is really cool. The feeding of the 4,000, uh, and I'm trying to drive here, so I'm kind of doing this off of memory. <laughs> so if, don't email me if something's a little off. All right, get over it. The feeding of the 4,000 is a big deal uh, because of where it took place. Uh, it took place in Bethesda, and you have this same uh, spot, John 5, uh, that I wrote a song about 20 years ago. Um, called walk on by i think it was called it's down there if you scroll way down i have some of my very old (laughs) music recordings Uh, walk on by i think it's called off of the asleep aside album and it's about this this invalid who had sat for 30 some years at the side of a a pool that when it swirled was you know was said to make you healed and jesus comes by and says come on waters don't heal you i heal you pick up your mat and walk saying go and sin no more and this guy thought, man, I just have to pick up my mat and walk? The mat that he had been laying on for 30-some years. Anyway, I've got a song way down there about that. That was written a long time ago. Why am I telling you that? Uh, Bethesda. That's that's Bethesda. That's where that's where this was uh, written. In that region. Or written who? Oh, that's where Jesus fed the 4,000. Took place in the region of Gennesaret. In the region of Decropolis. And if you know the region of Gennesaret, that's also where there was a a a man with two men with demons so strong in them they were coming out of the tombs and everyone was scared to death of them and jesus cast them out there was a lot of demons of them remember remember the name was legion and they put them into the swine and they flew over the cliff long story there anyway so that happens in that particular region who cares kyle well, the two miracles—the feeding of the four thousand and the feeding of the five thousand—take place in completely different places and regions, and that should say something. Because the feeding of the uh, the region of the of the feeding of the five thousand was completely Jewish in nature. Maybe, hey, maybe that's why I just told you about the different synoptic gospels and the Jewish and Gentiles. Maybe that's maybe that was supplanted in my head. Uh, the feeding of the 5,000 was in a Jewish region region to a Jewish people. The feeding of the 4,000 was to a very Gentile region to the Gentile people. So there are some clues that are written in the text, with I, I think are so cool, and I don't want you to miss it. And every time I read through it, I just smile, and I'm blown away by how detailed the Gospels are, how detailed Scripture is. Numbers in the Bible, while I do not at all subscribe to... Um, geez, what's it called? I'm having a brain fart. So it's early in the morning. I'm driving to my first claim this Friday morning. Oh, the Bible code. I'm not into the Bible code. If I ever do, uh, I think Andy, I think Andy Van Arman, you asked me one time on uh, drilling down podcast at gmail.com i think it was why don't i cover the bible codes and i may at one point but that may that will only be to completely blow them out of the water i don't subscribe to them in any way shape or form that being said there are numbers in the bible that absolutely positively do mean things look at the book look at book revelation i mean come on so but it's not the bible code but when there's numbers they really do mean something right it's not accidental so i want to talk about the feeding of the five thousand. Uh, in this miracle jesus takes listen Five loaves and feeds 5,000. That's a good way to remember what the different loaves are compared to each other. Five loaves given to 5,000 people, which is reminiscent, remember, of the, bo- the five books of the Jewish law, right? The Pentateuch, the Mosaic law. You know that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. The first five books of the Bible. Five. The Jewish law. Five thousand. Five loaves. Five books. Of the law of Moses. Huh. Jewish law. Not only that, but when everyone had finished eating, how many baskets and loaves were left over? Twelve. Twelve because of the 12 tribes of Israel. This was a very Jewish thing. So don't ever forget that. 5,000, five loaves over the five books of Moses. Right? And 12 left over. Very Jewish in nature. And so you see some discrepancies in there as to he bringing it to the Jews. Meanwhile, the feeding of the 4,000 in this second miracle... Seven loaves are used, and seven baskets are collected. The number seven, of course, is symbolic with completeness, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. The number seven used here is to talk about the seven days of creation when God created all of humanity. The feeding of the 4,000 is saying, You are all now included, into this sevenfold perfection, Gentiles, you as well. So, what's the significance between two feeding both of the multitudes? Both miracles show provision of the Lord, His love for all people, both Jews and Gentiles. In both of these miracles, He feeds them in a miraculous way. He gives them bread in preparation for the day. When they would eventually feed sacrificially on his body and his blood with the Eucharist. Together, Gentile and Jews rolled into one. Is your mind blown? Well, I hope so. There are a lot of these things throughout Scripture that will blow your mind. And I'll continue to spread some light on them. I hope you guys enjoy that, and I hope you guys see to what ends of the earth God is going to spare no detail. God is going to spare absolutely no waste of ink and brain cells on getting out there what he has perfected in you and me. I hope you see it in a whole new light. Welcome to Car.